This episode is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. All right. Welcome back to the Ajima Show. It's your host, Peter Kim. I'm Anji Kim. Yes, and thank you so much for joining us this wonderful May Day. It's APA Heritage Month. I know. Officially. Happy. Happy APA Heritage Month. Happy APA. Happy APA. (laughs) And this year, it feels more important. Yeah. Every year it ought to be important, but this year feels even more important, obviously, because of what's going on and all the racism and hateful stuff that's coming at Asians. And I see that even my friends that are like cool headed are getting like perturbed online. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's making me feel a little like icky because I'm like, man, we have to like keep our cool. We can't like I know like this coming from me. This sounds horrible because I used to be on Facebook like the most reactive and the most like vengeful motherfucker. <laughs> but as I grow older i realize social media is not the place to be doing all of that okay you know you're truly a testament to making healthy choices i'm trying yeah because i've i've been messy so i'm i'm trying to launch into my 40s as a newly like elevated classier version of myself i see it i I see it that chin lift (laughs) that chin lift mask did work (laughs) lifting your chin (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and your um i don't know i was gonna i had a met i had a metaphor or a simile but it escapes me it's now. okay we're lifting all, your fine. chin and lifting your i don't know you're looking at me like i have the word but i don't, I don't know what, no, but <laughs> I, I always need you with the words because i'm the one that could barely speak english <laughs> I posted a stand-up video today, and I, I've been going through my stand-up videos yeah. and try, trying to release one-minute clips just because mm-hmm. I see Sam Morrill doing it, and I love Sam Morrill, so I'm like, if he's a, he's, he's doing it, I should do it too. Yeah. So I'm like going through all, you know, and the stuff that we did for Ajima and stuff, so I'm mm-hmm. like going through it, and I'm realizing how bad I am at English. Like, the way I formulate these sentences, I'm like, this This sounds like a Korean person who is literally translating the joke <laughs> in front of you. What the fuck is wrong with me? I could have written all that down. No, but, you I know, just, but no, it's not that. I know what you're talking about because I've listened to his tapes and I've thought the same thing, especially when you transcript it out because yeah. there are so many ums and repeats and dive. Uh, Dicursive like di- things, and you're like, "What the fuck am I even saying?" And writing it out is embarrassing because uh, it's you were literally writing like, "I um, she ha 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 ha." You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, just yeah. like <laughs> you know. I mean, uh, yeah. and then I said, hey, "What I, what I mean?" And the only way you can transcribe it is like you be like gesticulating wildly, like. <laughs> That's why people are saying like, oh, because I started putting like parentheticals and showing what I'm really thinking. It's like, yeah, it really is. My friend, uh, Benda, she texted me. She was like, I'm loving the parentheticals. It's like, you're squeezing in more comedy. And I was like, yeah, I have to because there's not (laughs) enough punchlines in the one minute clip. So I have to like. But that's why it's good to like just, with Sam Morals, you see his economy of words. Yes. Yes. He's not saying if you a watch, single word he doesn't mean to say. Exactly. And that's what reps provide you with. Because yeah. it's not the 14th time you're saying it. It's the 1400th time you're saying yeah. it. So it's like rote. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, we, as much as we've done stand-up, we're not at Sam Morrill's level. Yeah. So we still do the, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, like, yeah. so filling, you know, 
Anyway, but I've because that's all the tapes I have. I don't have like really clean tapes. I'm just like dragging myself into parentheticals so that while that's happening, at least people get another joke out of it. Yeah, I know. It's it's hard though. I've tried to do it. And I can't. It's too it's hard, depressing. Right? It's really depressing. It makes yeah. you go, "Damn, I am not a professional." Yes. This is amateur hour. And it's also time consuming as fuck. Oh my god, subtitles. Someone needs to make like an actual like subtitle thing. I mean, I'm sure there's something out there, but I'm doing it in like a video editor and I have to put it into every like Frame. couple of seconds yeah. and then wait for the setup and then, you know, cut it to the, I mean, who cares? No one who's listening. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Sorry, people, but it is Sorry, it's people. very time. Yeah. It's very time consuming. And for two comics who miss doing comedy, this is important. <laughs> it is. Speaking of what is important. I'm going to go jump right into it. The reviews keep coming in, and I, we are loving these reviews. Uh, speaking of comedy, if we don't hear laughs, we love the reviews, and we please do. keep sending the reviews. This yeah. one is a doozy. Oof. Submitted by Yo Uni, like Eunice, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yo Uni, 313-2020. It says, honey, already? <laughs> already my fave. They, they go, where do we even begin? I am so happy whenever the new Ajma show drops in my podcast feed. It feels like sitting in the backseat of your cool, cool Onion Opa's car, listening to them talk while they forget that you're even ah, there. I'm so here good. for this queer, woke, Konglish-speaking, hilarious duo. I am also thankful for their thoughtful takes, honesty, and efforts to always bring it back to positivity and bringing more light and love into our world. <laughs> but God damn it, Peter Opa, stop giving away the mandu for free. And from this Moksa Nimtai and fellow Ajma, Ilyasem Hart. Oh, wow. That's so good. That's a wow. wonderful review. This is a fucking kick-ass review. Yeah. This person should be our kick-ass Korean just for this fucking review. Yes, you know, cool. Uni, we don't yeah, know who yeah. you are. Cool. Yes. Onion open the backseat. That's like a perfect mm. way of describing this, actually. That is. Yeah. We love you, yo, Uni. Yo, honey. Yo, honey. Thank you so much. <laughs> Ilias Dem, I love you so much. Thank you so much for listening and submitting this wonderful review. If you got a review for us, even if it's one word, Please do it. do it. We need it. Trust. We it means something. Need it. it means something. It does. Absolutely. <laughs> um, speaking of meaning something, really, the people who are really being like so, they're really heartwarming. They're warming in my heart in this disastrous season of COVID is our Patreons. Mm. And our Patreons keep growing. We're up to 20 Patreons. I can't Can believe, believe it. I can't believe 20 people are willing to subscribe <laughs> to help us keep doing this thing. <laughs> So I can get I'm a better what computer. We do. Yeah. <laughs> but 20 people? Damn. Yeah. That's crazy. And we kept talking on Patreon for like years. We're like, mm -hmm. we should do it. We should do it. And then you would always be like, yeah, we should. And I'm like, who the hell's going to do it? You know, you're always the one that's like, gotcha. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm like always, it. and I'm always counting that money. Always counting that money. Anytime we do a live show, you're like, yeah, we could sell out 150 seats. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? I think 14 people are coming. I'm always like a negative Nancy, you know, the cynical bitch. Anyway, and I'm always like, we're going to make this much money and we're going to do this and we're going to invest it in this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you have a long term blue chip strategy. Yeah. But I, I'm uh, flabbergasted. You know, we have some like great friends at our Patreons. Thank you so much. We love you. Yes, and truly. Total strangers being Patreons. A lot of cool Asian mm -hmm. women. Some fuckers. Yes. Some of these like Latina fuckers. Like, 
Oh Love Latina Fucker. We have some like classic white fuckers. Thank uh-huh. you so much. We yes. love you. And I love that you're getting something out of it. So yes. thank you, thank you, thank you. Your support really means everything to us. I More love than a classic anything, white. Yeah. It, it, it does. I love a classic white. <laughs> Um, you know, a lot of people think like, oh, is my $5 going to do anything? Is my $10, $15 going to do anything? Yes, yes, it absolutely does. Not only do you get like the merch and stuff like that. Of course, second round of merch is going out. There's a little like mailbox, et cetera, thing around the corner from me. So I'm going to be sending all that out. Cool. But on top of that, what it does is you're just supporting us. That's yeah. it. Like we have, you know, in lieu of laughs and money that we used to make at shows and we used to get at shows, this really helps off- offset the life and truly... Yeah. And if you ever heard of like Dana Gould, his podcast, he really talks about like, hey, I'm just going to be posting stuff on the Patreon here and there. But if you want to support, you're just supporting me as a person. And I think that's what you guys are doing. And and that's uh, I'm so grateful. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it really does mean a lot, especially because of the current situation and also like our time and, and the thing is like it's a real community like what, what we're doing on patreon is like we are yeah. trying to create like a little community and have provide you guys with like especially spicy hot tea <laughs> <laughs> we are uploading spicy hot tea yes <laughs> that's gonna be up on the patreon and yeah. we say some we do. We say some real shit on there, so it's go true. check it out. Yeah. I mean, and you know us. We're gonna try to be value adding shit to everything. You know. Always, always. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for all your support, though. Seriously. Kamzamnida. Yeah. Okay, you guys. Speaking of, mm-hmm. you know, we're doing a Azuma show. Azuma. <gasps> Azum. Azuma. I fucking love that. <laughs> is that called a portmanteau? Yes. <laughs> that is. Beautiful portmanteau. I love that Azuma show. <laughs> it's 529 Fridays, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific, 8 Central. Um, mm-hmm. We need an audience. We got a producer. There's going to be a tech person, like a stage manager. I've Insane. heard some crazy stories about Zoom shows being like hacked and stuff. We're not going to yeah. be one of those things. We have someone that's going to be watching the door. Um, so, and then you guys can get to see us. We're going to be not doing sort of like a typical Ajima live show. We're going to be trying out a format that is more conducive to this situation. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're, we're adapting. We're figuring out the paradigm is fucking shifting and we're shifting with it. You know, we're, we're adaptable. We're agile. We're prehensile. We're tactile. Oh, yeah, it's prehensile. <laughs> truly, I have not said adult words. Yeah. <laughs> Like all day. Well, so you're using I, all of them in this promo. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like you guys, you have like if you guys are you uh, live in a place that you guys never got to come to one of the live shows, mm. this is not going to be exactly that, but it will be a form of it, and you guys will get. It'll to, be better. It'll be better. Yeah. I guarantee it. So check it out. Yeah. Five twenty nine. Save the date. The, save the date. It'll be a great way to end Asian Pacific uh, History Month. Like, oof. Ooh, yeah, ooh. it's gonna be beautiful. Beautiful. And uh, speaking of which, we'll, we could do plugs later, but Unji and I are both doing the Crazy Woke Asians Festival this weekend. So yes. go to our socials and find out the Zoom information. It's gonna be a Zoom show. Tons of Asians, 50, 65 different Asian performers, sketch, I- improv. There so are much. Show, yeah, like there are people like um, doing like yoga. Like it's like crazy. There's all these Asians and like really, really funny talented Asian. So go check out the festival as well. All right. So let's get right into it. 
Okay. Let's do a quick catch up. What's going on with you? Okay, so <clears throat> I as we look into the possibility of this <clears throat> quarantine going on for an inter- indeterminate amount of time. Uh-huh. Um I'm considering having my mom and my dad move into our house to help with um, what? Wait, 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 what? <laughs> Dude, I'm so tired. <laughs> Yo. I, I like What are you saying? Say that one more time slower. <laughs> Make sure you understand what the fuck you're talking about. Exactly, exactly. You can you're you imagine just out into the universe. Yeah, like can you imagine like how tired I am? That I would even say this? Of course. That's why I'm like, are you in your right goddamn mind? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in my right time. No, not at all. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm so tired. I'm going insane. Uh, And I'm like, I maybe they can move into, like, I'm just like, I'm thinking crazy things. I'm just like, they can move into this place. They can move. Where, where, where in your house? In the garden unit where I, we record. So like basically. Where are you going to put the studio? I figure it out. I'm telling you, I haven't figured it all out. And also, I haven't even asked them. So, so she so, might say yeah. no. She might be like, fuck you. Yeah. I'm not trying to take care of your kid. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but damn, okay. You're tired. I'm tired. And you want your parents to move in because you want them to help, but also, are you like worried, worried about them? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I course. mean, it would just like be like a peace of mind. They would help. And also, I wouldn't have to make like food five nights I wouldn't have to make uh, food like three times a day seven days a week yeah, yeah. and like yeah so she's uh, like be like helpful in that way mm-hmm. you know she doesn't yeah. have emails she's like and it's also she's also like a harmony love is so crazy like my yeah. I, and this is the other bad part of it okay so every time my son comes back from hanging out with my parents like he's both of his hands are full of toys and then my mom is behind him carrying a more a, another bag of toys. Like, and I'm like, what the fuck happened? And she's like, he wanted it. And it's just like, what? <laughs> like, there's no guidelines. She's there's no boundaries. Spending, I mean, yeah. What are they gonna spend their money on? Retirement money on? They're but I mean, gonna... but you can't. You can't spoil a child like that. That just that is a recipe for tantrum. It's a recipe for whatever. Sure. You know? sure. And he's like always watching so much TV with them too. And it's like, because they don't have it. They're old too, so right. they're tired. So, right. but I can't imagine truly like being able to be alone for like four hours in the morning would change my life. Right. Oh, even sleeping more. Oh I mean, God. I, don't need, I mean, honestly, I don't need You're to You're really going to have to weigh that out because I know like as a, like theoretically, yeah. it, it does make sense. It is pandemic. They are in their seventies. Yes. You know, they're, they've closed down their store. You need yes. help. So, you know, good for the goose, good for the gander, but. I hate my parents. You yes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't hate your parents. You just hate your dynamic with them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it's not, not easy. something that's going to yeah. be fixed by living in the same house together. <laughs> yeah. Now, there is a chance maybe because it is under your roof that you get to renegotiate the rules of your dynamic. You get to be like, "No, if you live here, are you thinking of them paying rent or rent free?" No, of course, no rent. Right. So they're watching, not, if, yeah. They're watching our Right, right. It's an in-kind return. Mm-hmm. So if they're inside your roof, maybe this is a way to heal whatever, like, childhood dynamics that you want healed, finally. 
or reopen <laughs> the wounds. Pick at that scab. Pick at the scab. Pick at that fucking scab. The, the, things that I thought had scarred over, like, I'm like, oh no, this is just a scab, and now I'm fully bleeding. Oh, it turns out it was all broken already. Oh yeah. my God. I'm and now broken. it's infected. <laughs> and I can't even spend that four hours in the morning because I'm just, you know, I'm processing. Yeah, oh, it's, it's like, it's a thing that I'm going to have to weigh. Have you um, talked to Max? Yeah, he doesn't have this What's fucking he about? thing. He's like, what's the problem? What do you mean? He, he, <laughs> he wants like, him to come in? Oh, yeah. No. I would think that he would be like, oh, no, it's too crowded. Oh, no, no. He, the idea of, like, having me be more chill. <laughs> <laughs> this is the solution he needed. <laughs> He needs his wife back. Exactly. Like, he was just like, oh, no, you don't have to cook. And, like, you can, like, chill out and you can, like, exercise and write again. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, no, we should do this. really? Yeah. He, Damn, I mean, gee, yeah. you should, maybe you should consider it. Like, for real, for real. Yeah. We're, I, I mean, but also, but like I said, like I hate my parents. I know, I know. But, like, temporary. <laughs> you know? Like, just give them, like, a, just one year. You know? And you don't talk to me about how to raise my kid. I don't talk to you about how you're spoiling my kid. And then, you know what I mean? Or whatever your problems are. I don't, I'm just projecting. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, whatever your parents are getting on your nerves about, you give them the time. And also, I know it might be like annoying for a little bit. But yeah. your parents are old. Like, I think about this all the, all the mm. time. Being the Changnam. Yeah. Right? I always think about my mom living. She lives on her own. She doesn't even have a husband. Yeah. So... The whole time I'm like, yo, what if something happens and I wasn't the kid that invited my parent in? Yeah. And we always constantly talk about this Korean American identity of like, yes. are we American exceptionalism, individualism, or are we Korean Confucianism, collectivism, yeah. Yeah. living as a unit, elder worship, all that stuff, right? Yes. And I think about like every day that I talk to my mom and I see that she's alone in her house, <sighs> I think like, why can't I fucking step it up and buy a small little house or something so that I could take care of her, you know? And she's like getting into her mid sixties yeah. and that really like nags at me a lot. And that's the number one thing I will say I miss about being a corporate professional mm -hmm. besides like all the traveling, but like who's traveling now is the, uh, is the, the fact that I used to take care of my mom and now I just can't because I decided at age 30, it's like, finally I'm going to live for myself. This is for me now. And ever since then, it, life's been hard, but I've been arguably happier. <laughs> but it's your life. It's and my then, life. And with the corporate thing, it is our life. Yeah. Uri shiku, right? It's uh, like yes. it's about uri versus like my life. Nah. Yeah. yeah, nah, right? Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. Like, even saying it like that feels wrong. It has to be in English. It's my life. Yeah, you can't or say it's, ne, yeah, ne, 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 in yeah. yeah, ne, ne in Yeah, Yeah, it sounds yeah. that is right, right? Ne sounds very it sounds like yokshim. No more yokshim. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's like it feels very me selfish. Saying it, I'm like, yeah, it sounds very selfish versus yeah. like saying my life. Udi. Udi yeah. yeah, and then Udi, right? Yeah, yeah. So like, I, I, I truly, it's I, it's very selfish. The reason why I'm thinking about doing this, I, you know, like I need the help. I'm my anxiety about them being out there, but also I do like, it's like that life feels so far away. Like high school, like do you, I mean like it's, it's, I hate, I, that version of myself is ugly. Yeah. 
So like, you're afraid that you're gonna turn back into that girl? Because you you know this. You turn into a version of a teen whenever you're with your parents. Yeah, it never goes away. It never goes away. <laughs> it never goes away. I mean, and you've been meditating. <laughs> Okay, what's yeah. going on with you? Um, you know what? Not a lot. It's um, It's been like a regular ass week. These days are just fucking flying by. I know, I know. Every day, it, I think it's because every day I do the same thing in the morning that it feels like sunrise, do my workouts and then work during the day and then watch a little something at night and go to sleep. Yes. Sunrise and blah, blah, blah. So yeah. I feel like my days are full, but I just don't have like a memory of them. Yes. So I'm trying to like slow down a little bit and be a little more like, I don't present. know, a little, a little more present. Yeah. To be honest, and it, I, I have to get back on the meditation. I've kind of like, thank you know, thank thingy for like a month. Yeah, yeah. And it's really getting to me. Okay. And I'm realizing that because I don't meditate in the morning, mm -hmm. my days are going vroom 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 vroom. And when I used to meditate, it was like yeah, like matrix shit. Yeah. You describe it. Yeah. And I'm being less like, I'm being more anxious about projects as opposed to I used to be so confident and just like do the thing. And yes. now I'm being like, oh, is this right? Is this wrong? And like, I, I'm feeling that the detritus of not meditating and I have to start cleaning that out again. So that's really what I've been doing uh, or I've been experiencing. I did a Zoom show though, I will say uh, recently. Uh -huh. And this kind of goes back to why we're using a producer for our Azuma show because yeah. this these Zoom shows with the mute does not work for me. No. It, I, and remember, remember the last time we talked, like I did that IG show and yes. I was fully on mushrooms <laughs> and embarrassed myself. This time I over prepared. Okay. I, I, I was doing a longer set, like a 12 minute set. Cool. And yeah. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm really going to prepare and write new jokes. Yeah. And, and I went into it thinking, and you know, my friend who was hosting the show, he was like, oh, last week we had a hundred people. And I was like, oh my Whoa. God, a fucking hundred people. Yeah. This is going to be it. And I get yeah. there and it turns out it's a hundred people watching on Twitch. Oh, okay. Meaning that they can't interact with us. There's no one on the Zoom. The Zoom oh. is only the other performers. Okay. So I kind of heard the other performers like chuckling. Okay. And that's the worst part. When the other performers aren't LOLing and they're just chuckling nicely, that hurts even more. Yeah. Because I'm like, I know you don't want to be chuckling. You're mm -hmm. just doing this because you don't want me to feel bad. And yes. then it gets, I start getting into my head. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so See, in that I, way, I'm generous. I'm not generous in too many other ways. Um, you laugh out loud. I laugh out loud. I'm a big. I'm a big laugher. I'm a big laugher, especially when I know people. It's like a new set or something like that. It's like because it's not. Um, especially because most people are doing it at mic. It's not a. It's not a good gauge. So you have to give a little more. Like if this premise yeah. is good, it's enough. Like I'm telling you. With yeah, my, keep working at it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, I, you know, with all this, like, LA's reopening, by the way. Uh, I think next week is phase one of our reopening. What does that mean? Uh, phase one means um, restaurants and, like, store, retail stores could open for curbside, all of them. Okay. Not just essential or not just food. Okay. I, I, I think a lot of people have been, like, uh, circumventing that anyway. Yeah. Um, and then phase two is like things can start reopening, but you can't dine in. Like, it, well, no, when you dine in, it has to be like you have to have like measures of social distancing okay. and stuff like that. And then phase three is like everything reopens except for masks, like concerts and stuff like that. Right. So I was thinking about like, where does that leave comedy? 
Like, where does that leave uh, what we do? <laughs> about you know? a year out. About a year out. About a year out, right? Like, yeah. we still can't bank on the fact that we can do live performance. So, even at like even at tiny even at tiny venues, they're not going to be open. They're not going to do it. Even at if like a like a bookstore, let's say, mm-hmm. is open, and you do a show at a bookstore. Yes. Right. Yes. That bookstore show. Post quarantine, that bookstore is gonna need social distancing guidelines. Yes. So they're not gonna want to pack people in for a show. That's gonna. And be we wouldn't want to do that. You wouldn't want to do that. You don't want to be the show. You don't want to be the producers or the host that were part of the problem. Yeah. You know, spreading the fucking disease. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know, man. Like, it, it's it's starting to really come. I'm starting to realize that like. We, you know, we talked about this last week, last week, like we have to shift, we have to change. So I'm so excited for our show because maybe we will find a way to replicate live comedy. Yes. In in at least a bandaid form that we can do. Exactly. Because these Zoom, muted Zoom shows, IG live shows, just ain't it. Yeah. And thank you so much. If you're watching and you asked me to do your show and I came and either embarrassed myself or (laughs) did okay, like... (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Yeah. I'm not trying to be an ungrateful bitch, but it's just not for me. Yeah. It's not, I, I don't get anything out of it. And yeah. It's, uh, the muted show is bad, but the unmuted show, which is what our eyes I've never excited. I've never yes. experienced that. It's very different. You can hear people laughing. You can hear okay. people like kind of talking. You know, like the thing inside of a cocktail bar where there's like chatter in the back oh, of like people oh having God. like little side conversations like that. You can like hear Like repeating it. your punchline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Repeating your punch, Peter, you're truly insane. <laughs> By the way, send in your life. People are uh, uh, still sending in their laughs for their laugh quilt, the okay. Great American Life laugh quilt, Ooh. and we got a bunch now. So I'm very excited. I know we said end of April, but it's quarantine, so I'm gonna push it to middle of May. Yeah, and keep sending them in. I'm, I've been building this track, and I can't wait to release it for you guys. And oh, yes, it's gonna be exciting. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Okay. All, All right. right. With that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Director Peter Sohn. Peter Sohn. Hi, my name is Peter Sohn. I'm the director of The Good Dinosaur. When I was growing up, when I was drawing something, I would always hide it. I never wanted to show it. And I felt for real like growth and learning about yourself being courageous in those ways where you start to begin to turn little things around saying i I want to show this or i want to take that next step and watching my daughter vivian be shy in certain places or not want to um, engage in things because she was scared really started to help me focus uh, on this film We are back, babies. Back. Uh, so, Anji, I don't know if you've seen this, but Korean baseball uh-huh. has been airing on ESPN. What? Korean baseball, Hanguk baseball. ESPN announced on Monday that it has struck a deal to televise six Korea baseball organization games a week. Six <laughs> a week. Can you believe? Because it's good enough. It's good enough. It's good enough, and Americans are starving for sports. They really are. Americans love sports. Americans love sports so much, they're willing to watch Korean people do it. Yes, I know. That's what I thought. I mean, I've talked to a lot of 
like dads like where that's like the hardest part of quarantine where it's oh, like every- because, because sports yeah yeah because there's nothing we- to watch you there's nothing you- to watch there's nothing for them to like just go away from their family yes and relax you know those those appas that are, don't like drink yes as a way to escape yeah. they have sports mm-hmm. right yeah. and sometimes they don't even care about the sports they just no. like the time they spend alone Watching in front it. of a tv yeah. you know like yeah. casually being a fan of something right yes So the KBO, Korea uh, Baseball Organization, is in cahoots with ESPN now. The Samsung Lions v. NC Dinos, or Dinos at Lions Park in Tegu, was one of the first games that they they televised. And I watched the clips of it. Uh Honey, it is empty. It is chilling. And you know what's the most chilling part about it? The seats... The at least like the seats where the players could see just uh-huh. at that first level. Yeah, they're filled with like paper, like cardboard banners of fans with masks on. It's Wait, not even re- the even the picture of the fans have masks on. Yes, even Korean the people, pictures. Korean people are crazy. Like you can't even <laughs> imagine a world where fans don't have masks on. No, Come because on. you don't want to televise that. <laughs> You don't want to be fucking sending that kind of message, you know, like especially Korea, because right now Korea is like the pinnacle, you know, of like, oh, what we should be doing. Anyway, it it felt like it's too good. (laughs) And it's like scary. It's very chilling. Yeah. It looked like a fucking Black Mirror episode. It was fucking nuts. And they were and then, you know, the big screen, the like Jumbotron or whatever. Mm -hmm. They had fans tune in to like a I don't think it was actually Zoom, but it was like Zoom like video conferencing where it was a huge screen of like 20 people on the screen. Shout cheering and shouting like, you know, like doing the little cheers and stuff. Now, they did have actual cheerleaders and like um kyle like um you know k-pop person yeah. it wasn't k-pop it was more like kyle do you remember like kyle top 10 back in the day yes. like those old i just like yeah Doing that shit that they do at chanchis, yeah. you know, where like ajumas are just fanning themselves. That's like truly my favorite type of Korean music. Korean music, <laughs> me too. <laughs> Chanchi music. So you like the but, kind of the kind of music that you listen to while you wave a piece of ojinga. <laughs> yeah, and the ajumas are like. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, so they had that kind of entertainment. So they were trying they're trying to like recreate the sporting atmosphere as much as they can. Players like to have, I mean, they the players, especially, yeah, because LeBron James was talking about how, like, they were interviewing him right when like the quarantine was happening, and he was like, I'm not going out there to play because yeah. the NBA was like, Should we have them play into an empty crowd? And LeBron James was like, Y'all could play, I do it for the fans, yeah, I'm not doing that. And that's exactly what we are talking about as comics. It's like, Sure, we can do comedy to silence, but like, why? That's not why we do it. <sighs> And it's, it's just not so why, that we could say we do it. Yes, and it's not. No. It's, and it's not the reason why fans watch. It's about like the. It's literally about this communion, a moment of mm-hmm. like human achievement, right? Like even yeah. with comedy, it's like you're watching someone write a joke, execute it, like perform it, and then be rewarded accordingly. You know, yeah. like a guy trains for twenty years, and you know it's a different 
arc for athlete versus us but like <laughs> no it's the same it's the same amount of work and skill <laughs> but you know like i mean yeah, we'll yeah. Have that to the, the thing and it's about the thrill of hearing the cheering fans and like that's yeah. what elevates that shit. Yeah, the um, there's a, it's a tightrope act of live entertainment or li- live anything. It's like yeah. anything could happen right now, yeah. right? And that's so missing from our lives because everything is so edited and you know like yes. pose and all that. Um, so yeah, it, do- it doesn't feel the same. But Americans are watching it, and uh, at another opening day game, this one at the uh, at Suwonshi. The ceremonial first pitch they, they usually do yeah. was from a nine-year-old boy in a plastic bubble. <laughs> <laughs> so he did this. He like he, he was so fucking uninterested. He, he, he stood in the bubble like this, and they were like, tweet! And then he goes... <laughs> and then he gets to the plate, and then the batter goes, ding! <laughs> and then he goes... That's it. And he the stank look on his face was exactly the feeling we all feel about this coronavirus. It's just like That is so funny. Like He was so uninterested. It was so funny. Um and then there there people were like complaining about like how the players are still spitting. Because that like expectoration is yes. like highly no no. Yeah, yeah. You know that's like the reason why all those fucking um, who was that the 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 cult that Integu that spread so fast. Yeah, yeah, that, I yeah. Know. But whatever they are. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That they <laughs> brought it from fucking whatever, uh, Wuhan, and they spread it so fast in Korea. Those are the people who started it in Korea. Yeah. And it was because they were spitting. It's like hallelujah, you know, and like spitting on each other. So, but they were saying how like, let's let the players spit <laughs> because there's nowhere around and they need, that's one like bad habit that they can't get rid of right now. The spitting while like, you know, like, yeah, I mean, that, that's like part of a, I, I'm sure it's a part of the rhythm of playing, playing and the yeah. culture of the baseball. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so this really made me thought like, is sports the thing that's going to bring us together? And by us, I mean like the East and the West. And baseball is obviously an American pastime that has been uh, incorporated into Korean culture and Japanese culture, you know, Far East culture. And it's become a huge thing in Korea. There's like Korean people coming here to play MLB. And that used to be a huge thing. But now it's backwards. We're watching a a Koreans playing baseball. And here are some quotes from Americans, uh, especially these are from, I believe, university professors of communication. Okay. They were interviewed for this article saying like, what do you feel? How do you feel about this? Like Americans playing ba- uh, Americans watching Korean baseball. Okay. And here's some really interesting quotes. They said there are differences, but in the end, it's still a, it's still the game that is so familiar that we love. Okay. okay. Yes. So we could look past the differences. Yes. Another person said the only baseball I've watched lately were replays of these epic, epic games. Yes. It was nice to take a de- uh, uh, take a breath. It wasn't boring. It was peaceful. Wow, that's really, really nice. Yeah. And another person said, I don't know any of these guys, but I'm loving it. <laughs> so uh, check out the article. It's NBC News. Uh, you'll see it under U.S. News. Uh, it's it's a really cool article about like what may be the future of American sports. We may just look like Korean baseball moving forward and people that's will be crazy. watching again. It's crazy. It's 
It's changing. It's like exactly what we're talking about. Like they are evolving in front of our eyes, and they must. Do you think they'll start you colonizing want... European basketball? Like, no, that's too far. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's too far. Because everything was is going to be closed. I mean, it's kind of crazy. That is wild. I want to check this out. That is really wild. I've been looking at this. I mean, what if they start watching Korean stand-ups? Because you know, stand-up comedy sneak in can... there. I know. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yo, these days I've been thinking really about like moving to Korea for a while. Like really? Yeah. You know, LB would become famous, and you would hate him. <laughs> You're right. I'm very petty. I love that I told you I want to move to Korea to pursue something and you're like your white boyfriend's gonna get famous and you're gonna get mad so don't even try it thank you so much <laughs> no you're gonna become famous too but I mean LB they love like white guys like that that learn the language yeah 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 for sure and you know he would yeah. learn the language he will he, yesterday he said um I we were just like cuddling on the couch and I go, oh, you're being so sweet. And he goes, Jackie. Ah! <laughs> he picked it up from uh, uh, like Itaewa? watching like Korean stuff. Yeah. Not Itaewa, like, um, I think he picked it up from Hyorin and Minbak. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But, I mean, also, he plays cello. Like, I mean, all the things. I know. Yeah. The you the really want to move? Crazy. You really you want I don't, I, yeah, I, I want to. I'm I'm intrigued in the in the new adventure, you know. As Hollywood productions really have screeched to a halt. Yes. What does that mean? Is there a future for us? Is it animation? Mm -hmm. Is it you know Zoom? I don't know. We're figuring it out as we go. But Korea seems to really have their shit together. Yes, they do. And this idea of like being Korean American and moving back as a kyopo. Yeah. I I could write a book. You know what I mean? Like that could be a really cool, you know, memoir, if you will. So I mean, I'm, truly, I'm, like, God, I'm thinking like, about it. Yeah, he, he, like that's a good idea. I I think you would. I think I, honestly, my husband and I have talked about it. Strangely enough, we both think you would really crush in Korea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. My lease is up in June. So Yeah, like for real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, um, I just read this uh, essay about, it's called, um, is my, what the fuck is this? What is the, she said, is my baby's, does my child's name erase my identity? And it's like this, she's Japanese and um, she's like Japanese and Taiwanese. Okay. Uh, and so she's like half half and she's married to like a white Jewish guy. She's by the way from again like, lives in a burb outside of Chicago. And oh. she says that her daughter f presents pretty white and I'm like looking at the pictures I'm like I don't know to me they look she looks half Asian. And that's right. her, and so but so she was saying that um the compromise she made was like her first name is white but it's like an Asian American name. So it's like an anglified, you know what I mean? It's like a Theodore or whatever, you know, like every Chinese name is like crazy like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Adolphus. You know, yeah, Adolphus, yeah, something like, it's like, what is this? But you know, like something like that. And um, her two middle names are like, like they, they took turns, like her husband and her, like, you know, and then her last name is her husband's, but she kept her own 
Asian last name. Okay. And like very similar to what I did. Like my son's name is Solomon, Saul, and then Toyon, mm-hmm. and then Edelman, right? So like mm-hmm. it's the same, very similar situation. And she's talking about how as she starts to present more white and goes through life, like how the Asianness in her starts to become less a part Minimized. of her own identity. Yes, mm-hmm. because her name is not. And she talks about, and we and we've talked about it on the show. Um, Friends we have, we know who have pretty anglicized English American names who mm-hmm. change their names as adults to the Korean or mm-hmm. uh, eth- yeah. whatever ethnicity they are. Their names, like a lot of them, yeah. ch- a lot of my Japanese friends are Hapa, change their middle name or change their first name to what their, what's their parents' last name. Yeah, our own engineer. Yes, Phil. Yeah. yeah. So like that's sort of like a thing where they switch it or um, I the thing is that what, you know what I was recalling through all of this mm. is I remember when Tom Kim decided to came back from summer and decided to be saying and we all dragged him so hard for it and I think about it now it's like why were, we, why were we so angry with Tom for trying to become saying and it wasn't even yeah. and the thing is it's when not even was his high school name. yeah yeah. Yeah, I get that. I would have done that in high school. Yes. And then the thing yeah. is, like, but the thing is, he didn't even, I think the other part is, as Korean people, is like, you can't just be saying. You have to be the whole name. Like saying Thomas yeah. Kim? Or was, uh, like his name, Sang like Kim. actually, yeah, like his oh, name like is. like Tang Hyun Kim. Yeah, exactly. Like, be yeah, Tang yeah, Hyun. Yeah. Don't just, just be saying. One syllable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, also yeah. the Americanized saying. version of it, just saying. Just be Sang. Sang Hyun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. do the whole thing. And right. we dragged him so much. And the same thing when I think another, I think a Tony Kim tried to do it. I mean, I just think, I think about all these people that inside of our current culture is much more acceptable than it was. Yeah. But also in our current environment, like, what it means to, like, like that sort of Hapa Asian identity when you could feasibly pass. Mm-hmm. The things that people do to make sure that people know that that they are Asian is to me very mm-hmm. intriguing because like as a young person I don't think I would have ever thought about it like if Never. I could have passed because Never. it's just like for me It's like we were all in the 80s and 90s. We were yeah. always concerned about passing. Yes. Yes Assimilating not being different not being as fobby or yeah. You know, immigranty, shedding the old world. That's yeah. what our parents wanted. Yes. Our, that's what our parents wanted us to speak English well. That's which what, clearly that's what every, in yeah, my stand That's standard what every Adolphus <laughs> Lin's father wanted him to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Winchester Chang. Yeah, Winchester! Have, you know what I mean? They got like great British accents. Yes. Like Hong Kong accents. It, it, that's true. The, I think... It's interesting because since you and I met mm-hmm. in comedy, that was the first time I really wanted to double down on my Korean identity. Mm-hmm. And I'm not Hapa. I'm not a Korean adoptee that's wanting to be more Korean, yeah. you know, uh, which happens a lot. And there's a lot of Korean adoptees who listen to our podcast because yeah. they realize that we, like them, we straddle this identity back and forth of American Korean, American Korean. And when we say American, we mean white. Yeah, we're not. We still don't look at other races as American identities, right. and we and you know half of the country really make sure of that. But 
there's a part of us that, especially being first and second generation, that we were so trying so hard not to smell like kimchi, right? Or like break out the kim, mm-hmm. or the you so know what good. I mean, like yeah. so good, yeah. or the like kungnamurkuk <laughs> or shit uh-huh. like that, like miyokuk that our mom would like pack in a little soup thing for us. Yes. It, you know, it's like so like growing up like that. I it's it's truly amazing that we are hearkening back to our Korean identity as grown as 30 year old adults you yes. and I met when in our mid 30s I know it's crazy and you now know? we're in our late 30s no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah in our late 30s pushing into 40 I am the most Korean I've ever been yeah more than I, I can remember when I was young and yeah. And I, uh, there's something beautiful about that, that you go on this whole circular journey, almost like a hero's journey of like, like going into the world as like, okay, I'm going to be just like everyone else. And then realizing that being just like everyone else means nothing. It actually deadens you. And it, it denies your own existence your own identity and the thing is like there's seems to be something in this name thing about reclaiming a portion of your identity that you think has been anglicized has been sanitized for you by your parents so because it's like it's a very first generation second generation thing to be like oh no 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 like we were trying to do this like what we're describing and a lot of hapa kids are reclaiming it you know in a way very tangibly and I, and I was thinking about this for my own son, and I was like, I was like, I'm gonna start calling him Toyon more often because I used to only call him Toyon, but now mm. we're in quarantine, he doesn't hear it as much because my parents aren't around. Uh. So it's like, and so he mostly speaks Russian anyway. So like he, you Whoa. know, the thing is, the thing is, <laughs> like the words I say in Korean, he knows, like Padwanja. Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's why he's not speaking it. Because it's all the shit that's not fun. It's all the commands or you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Gabujima. Gabujima. Yeah, yeah. But like, so it's like, it's this sort of intrinsic kind of identity thing that's so, like, and I think it's so easy to like kind of deny because everyone is trying to make room for each other, like inside inside of these like um, interracial couples, right? Like I do one, you do one, we're sharing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I think there has to be a certain, and the thing is for me, most HAPA kids, I, this is what inside of the article was a little unnerving and I've talked to other HAPA kids about it. There's a lot of things about like passing for one or the other. It's like, I'm, I really present as Asian or I really present as white. And this is a large conversation, a lot of HAPA things. And I have talked to a couple of HAPA people where it's like, I think you can just say that they look HAPA. Right. You like, look I mean, that's a whole, yeah. biracial. Yes. And that's a whole other thing. And it doesn't have to be about right. passing or looking or being right. Asian enough or not being Asian at all. It's just right. you are HAPA. You are you are this whole other thing. You are this whole right. other identity. And that's fine. And You're a hybrid. You're a mutant. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just to me, I'm just like, because the thing is, honestly, every time I see a half a person, to me, I like, yeah. they just look Asian. It doesn't matter how white they look. I only see the Asian-ness. Exactly. And that's what, that's every- what I feel about when it's half white and half something else. Yes. It's always the something else. Yes. And but the, do you think that's because we are so conditioned to say that white is default? I think it's because every half a person I've ever talked to about it has said that they it's usually whatever the person is is what they see in them 
So it's if white people uh, see this half a person, they usually think that like, oh, he's just like a white guy, and always are surprised mm. to find out that they're Asian or something I else. See, and I for see. me, I'm always surprised to find out that they're half white. <laughs> 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 you know, it's like that was it's more like they become a reflection of whatever the person sees. Right. And themselves. And so like that's a lot of a lot to put on to half of people as well, you know. Absolutely. But, Especially because yeah. they I'm sure are so confused because they're so used to living in binaries and yes. because we force them to and to be able to create a space space of you're a hapa. That's your own identity. Yeah. I think that's cool. Yes. And that's what like Keegan Michael Key and Jordan Peele were kind of touching upon in their shows. Like, hey, we're both half black and half white, but everyone sees us as black. Yeah. But we also are white, you know. And they would play with that that identity, and I think that's really cool. I agree. I mean, that's so that's what this was about, and I thought it's this conversation, especially nowadays, as we face like. <laughs> by the way, can I didn't tell you this, but my mother-in-law. I was, we were socially distancing from them, and we were, it was the first time I'd seen them since quarantine. And she looks at me and goes, there's a, like a small quiet inside of the conversation, and she went, I hate Chinese people. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my and then, God. And then, and then I'm like looking at her like, what? And then she, when she, then she sees my face, and she goes, oh, no, it's not because of this. I've always hated Chinese people. Oh, okay. <laughs> then I'm good. <laughs> if you've had a long-standing hate for another race before Corona, then like I'm okay with it. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, haha, -ha, same. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. You know, yeah. Like Japanese. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I got it. Yeah. I mean, but That's it was so like funny. crazy. I was like, oh my god. But yeah, I mean, wow. this, this. This conversation about like what our what the future looks like, especially as a lot of anti-Asian and like as these pandemics happen, as China starts to rise as a power, like for me, being Asian was always like I we could never assimilate because our faces, our faces are our faces. Like we are not like Italians. We're not like you know. It's just our faces are our faces. So it doesn't matter how much money we accrue, how yeah. much clout we have inside of anything, no matter how many times we're around, whatever. How light our skin is. Yes, or how cool our music is, or we will always be other. Yeah. And like, that's why this name thing was always so baffling to me. But like, as half of people become more of more reality in, our Amer in America, I, I understand this now. And so I, yeah. I was considering it with my own son. Anyways, that that's very topic. cool. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. it was a cool episode. It was a cool episode. It was a cool uh, article. <laughs> <laughs> we'll post it on the uh, the podcast links for you guys to check out. Okay. All right. With that, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. You know what? It's the idea that love uh, can help you get through your fears. I never believed that you can conquer your fears, but that you could survive them was something that we were really putting forward in this film, linking it to nature, like saying, you know what? You can't beat nature, but you can learn to survive it. And uh, uh, that little concept for kids or adults that anything that when, when fear stops you, that, you know, love can help you get through it and uh, help you find a way. Who do you got this week? 
I have this North Korean author who had mm. his manuscript smuggled out of the country. Um, his name is Bundy, and the book is called uh, The Accusation. Okay. And it's a crazy story I was reading um, in the Times. For, it's this article from 2017. It was 743 pages bound in string, written out longhand. What? Got smuggled out in 2013. And it was the first manuscript written by a living dis dissident writer in North Korea that had ever been <gasps> smuggled out. I mean, oh this is God. thrilling. This is oh thrilling. Oh, my God. And he it is a pseudonym that he wrote. Uh, the pseudonym he wrote, he wrote under it in is, Korean. Yes. Okay. And this is the pseudonym he wrote it under is Bundy, Firefly. Bundy. Oh wow! Okay. I also thought it was very close to Bundy. Like a light in the darkness. Yes. Oh wow! That will go out. <gasps> oh wow! Yeah. It's just, it's just for but just but for a moment. Oh my God! A glimpse of light in the darkness. Yes. Bundy. Bundy. Which also it is very close to like Pande. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I originally thought it was, Pande. Like, we are opposing. Opposite. Yes. Opposition. But Pande. Okay. <laughs> and so it's like, these are, they're like, everyone, it's like, it's been verified that it is. Um, like, he's, it's the name that he, the writer, chose for himself. And yeah. it's because Pande, he wrote in a poem, was, quote, fated to shine only in a world of darkness. <sighs> Yeah. Oh my God. And so it's like this. It's a series of. There's also uh, a series. It's a series of s uh, seven short stories, and there's also a separate book of poems that he. <gasps> oh, it's smuggled. fiction. Oh, yes. okay. I thought it was like, uh, like a dissidence like. Memoir? Uh, no, no, no. Memoir this is this is like straight up, Solzhenitsyn. Like like what it is a, a literature written, in an about an oppressive regime living in an oppressive regime. Like, this is like fucking Kafka-esque shit, you know? Where like, because oh the sort of, this regime is so hyperbolic and uh, uh, too s grotesque in its extremity. Like it's, everything seems surreal, but it is yeah. rooted in fact. And um, there's like, uh, there's so, it's a really beautiful s series of stories. They all seem, I'll be honest, very grim for me to read. I've just started to read David Sedaris again. <laughs> So I don't know if I'm in a mental space to be able to engage with this stuff, but it's like basic. Well, which Davis Sedaris are you reading? The Me Talk Pretty. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, it's just like, you know, it's yeah. like, it's just easy it's, reading. It's fun, easy. It's, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's called, the book is called The Accusation, and it's been translated now into 18 languages, published in 20 countries. Um, How do you get it? Amazon? Mm -hmm. I think it's on Amazon. And, uh, or your is, local bookstore could yes. order it for you. So, like. <laughs> um, but basically, it was. There's also a, a very extraordinary man named To Hee Hyun, who's an activist campaigning for human rights in South Korea. That like managed to get this, and oh, so wow. he got a call from a North Korean woman that had been caught by the Chinese police, <gasps> and was about to be extradited, where she would like probably die. Oh my! And God. so he raised cash to help bribe her way out. And bring her to South Korea because Chinese. Oh my God! Yes. And she had this book. She said that before fleeing, that she had went to say goodbye to her relative Pandi, and she asked he asked her to take this manuscript that he had been hiding, but she was too afraid to smuggle it across the border into China, and um, so she so she didn't take it. 
she said that if she because she if she had been caught and she was she the writer and her and everything would have been banished like they would have been executed right because right? of this right, writing right. and it's an actual physical thing so she gave his real name and his North Korean address to this man Mr. To who hired an ethnic Korean in China to go to North <gasps> Korea no and can't I mean this is an epic situation and discreetly contact the writer and then it was smuggled out among works of propaganda glorifying Kim Il-sung what? Like they hid the pages. They hid it within propaganda. Just get oh, chills. Don't you just got chills? God. I just got chills. Just got chills. Yeah. Oh my god. And so, like, and the thing is, this you know, to me, this is truly why it's kick ass is not only because of this extraordinary writing from Pandi, but because of the extraordinary bravery of Mr. To. Right, like yes. that. That these things together is what allowed these stories to come to light. So those are my kick-ass. Oh Koreans. my god, that is so fucking cool! <laughs> <laughs> so this guy Pandi still lives in North Korea. We don't know. We don't know. No. Oh my god, that's so crazy! I have to get on that fucking book right now. Yes. Ooh, um, cool. So my kick-ass Korean is also someone who is badass. And kicking ass and taking names. Okay. Her name is Jin Lee Hook. Hook, 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 I think. Badass <laughs> managing partner at Stalwart, Stalwart, I cannot speak English. Stalwart Law Group. Stalwart. That is a hard thing for a Korean Stalwart. person to say. Stalwart. Yeah. There's an L and a W. This is actually anti-Asian. <laughs> this is, this is, yeah, this is very racist. <laughs> Stalwart Law Group. Anyway, so why is she important? Because... The CARES Act that was recently uh, passed by the government allocated $349 billion in emergency funds for small business loan program called PPP or Paycheck Protection Program. Okay. Yes. So a little history on it. It launched back in April 3rd and was intended to provide loans to uh, up to two and a half times a business owner's monthly payroll. Right. So it's a yes. stimulus check but for businesses, small businesses like our families, businesses, etc. Right. Yes. Um, but it ran out of funds in, by April 16th. 16th in 13 days, leaving most of the small business applicants empty-handed. Yes. Now, why did this happen? Well, the lawsuits claimed that the na nation's four largest lenders in, were involved in Paycheck Protection Program, J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and U.S. Bank rigged the loan process to benefit their own bottom line. Some fucking and capitalist pig shit. Fucking pig shit, right? Yeah. In the middle of a pandemic, they're skimming off the top. Mm -hmm. Of course these motherfuckers are, right? Mm -hmm. We've And then... Uh, G and Lee was uh, uh, interviewed in a bunch of mag uh, uh, articles like Yahoo and also LAist and all these articles coming out. She said, quote, we felt there was something unfair and at the very least going on. She said, so we investigated and we realized there were some viable claims here against the banks. So what she and her team, her analytical team, they analyzed the data from the SBA, Small Business Association, and they found that instead of a first come, first serve basis, which was by law the way the banks were supposed to handle this, Yes. The banks instead processed the biggest loan amounts first because it increased the bank's origin origination fees while leaving more than 90% of small business owners out of luck once the funds were depleted. Origination fee, what this is, I had to look this up, it's basically, it's compensation that a lender like JP Morgan receives for processing a new application. Wow. So, so the bigger the amount, the bigger the payout for them for right. processing because it's a percentage. Mm -hmm. And to make matters worse, the banks were concealing that from the public and they're reshuffling all these PPP applications, prioritizing the applications that would make the banks the most money first. So they ran out of all the money very quick because right. they skimmed off all the fucking 
processing fees. And uh, now people like the small people like our families and our friends who own small businesses yes. are shit out of luck. And now there's a second round coming out. Already $349 billion have run out. That's great up. They sorted That's the wrong way. You know when you go to a store website and you can filter sort by low price, low to high? They sorted from high to low. That's fucked exactly. up. Nobody should do that. And it's fucked up that isn't even an option. Absolutely. <laughs> so what uh, G and Lee and Stalwart Law Group is doing, amongst other groups, uh, is they got a class action lawsuit filed on behalf of small business owners in California. Cool. And, and they expect to file similar lawsuits on behalf of small business owners in New York as well now. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And um, since then, uh, all these uh, uh, reports have come out saying that this has been true and the banks have been like using their PR. Some banks are not responding at all because they know what the fuck they did. And some banks are saying, oh, we were just trying to get as much, you know, like they're, they're fucking spinning their wheels, their PR wheels during a fucking pandemic. Okay, so this is so cool that she is on the side of us, the people attacking the four biggest fucking evil corporations in the world. And get this. Not only is she a kick ass Korean, she's also a good friend of mine. I think this is the first time I've ever done a kick ass Korean. That's my actual friend. We went to college together. Uh, We traveled to Puerto Rico together. We rented a cabin up at Big Bear. We've done vacations like I I love it. And on top of that, she is a mom of new twins girls okay this bitch is a goddamn phenom and she's my kick-ass korean this week give it Damn, up for Lee she's a hero. twins amazing bitch. amazing okay Oh, okay, that's well, thank crazy. you so much for listening. Uh, this has been our episode. I hope you liked it. We have some hot uh, scalding tea up in our Patreon. If you're Ooh. interested, go to our Patreon, sign up, and listen to all the nasty gossip. <laughs> oh, it and was also, nasty. It was nasty. It was pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> and also, don't forget, 529 Friday night, 6 p.m. Cent- uh, 6 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Central, we're going to be doing Azuma Live. We're going to have this uh, live show where you we could unmute you, and we could listen to you, and we'll be, yes. it'll be interactive active it'll be really fun so thank you so much for listening we love you stay safe out there bye